Yeah. I don't know. I know I know she's had enough to kill for. Holy Oh, you're a fucking ass. <laughs> Didn't you see the jinx too that documentary Pat made on HBO? Mad about that. You're an asshole. God. So hey guys. Welcome to episode twenty one. We're on episode twenty one. All right, our podcast is old enough to have a beer and buy <laughs> cigarettes and a gun in Florida. It's great. In five, weeks, in five weeks, we will be doing this for half a year. Six months. God, it feels so much longer than that. <laughs> You're not wrong. I can't wait till the season finale when John has a massive stroke on camera and then when next season, like, is he is he going to be okay? Is he going to be all right? Is he, we'll fight out in season two. It's okay. No one's watching anyways. Hey, Doug, I don't know if your blinds are open or anything, but you are really, You're really bright. I know. You're like a ghost. The, the blinds are closed. I'm using a web, my old webcam, and it's it's already got like a shitty brightness to it that I can't control, and the sun keeps going in and out, so it's just... It is what it is. Like John said, nobody fucking watches the show anyway, so... You look you look like you're a part of the Aryan Brotherhood. That's how white you look he, right no, now. No, he, like, he looks like the movie um, Powder. You know hmm? what? Neither... Wait, Neither of you fucking tread on me, alright? I didn't know that Doug was albino. That's weird. I mean, I'm not judging oh, someone's skin. So now that the libertarian loses the weight, starts looking good. Hey, John, what are you doing November 21st? <laughs> November 21st? Yeah. Uh, I, buddy, I don't think that far ahead, okay? I just take it one day at a time, alright? Alright, well, I think me and you are going to go to uh, Orlando. For who? Uh, Who's Ministry and Helmet. Mm. November? Yeah. I was supposed I mean, to... The chances of seeing Ministry live again after this are very slim. Yeah, but I'm not a fan, though. I'm not a huge fan, but I do like Helmet. I was I like Helmet. Let's see Helmet live. I was supposed to see Helmet last September with Faith No More. Wow, well, that... That would be a show that I'd fucking... Jump I, was, I bought tickets a year in advance. I had oh, I was so excited. It was going to be in Chicago, and uh, my buddy Taylor and I were going to go. Where? Uh, I forget what part of Chicago off the top of my head, man. Because it got canceled like uh, two months after I bought the tickets. When COVID hit, they canceled the event and refunded everything. I don't know. It was near. It was near a place. It was near a place that, that I wanted to, we wanted to go eat at called Chicago Pizza Pub and something where they made pizza in a bowl. Like they put the cheese at the bottom and then he turned it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was near there. I know Strange. Maybe at the Aragon Ballroom? Could have been. I'll have to go back and look at my, my receipts and shit like that in the email. But I was, I was really excited because I never thought in a million years I'd get to see Faith No More perform live. And uh, yeah, that like it was gonna be them, corn and helmet, and I and like corn, I could give a shit less about. Uh, they've got a handful of songs I like, but helmet would have been cool. But uh, I mean, Faith No More was. Mm. I don't. Yeah, not a not a fan of corn by any means necessary. But if they were playing like a festival or they were on a bill, I definitely go check them out live. I heard that their live production is pretty fucking intense. Right on. So, they do do a good live show. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch them live, but they just did. A, I watched a documentary where they did a 
a full-blown gig on top of some building in L.A. to no fans to do a, a live stream. Mm-hmm. And they're the, they're the only band I know that has done, like, a full-on production for a live stream. The Dropkick Murphys played fucking Fenway for a live stream, and they had, like, drone cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, this thing, this thing had fucking cranes circling, like, yeah. L.A. over Sunset Boulevard. I mean, they, they went all out. I've never been a fan of shit like that. Like, the Coheed show we saw live, at, you were talking about at Hard Rock. Was it Hard Rock? Yeah, Hard Rock. In New York. Hard Rock. That, I thought, was one of the worst experiences of my life, having to be at, like, a produced show, like, where there's multiple takes, and, all right, guys, act excited, and cameras are sweeping over. I'm like, this is fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, this, this wasn't like that, though. This was literally just a live stream of them playing. Oh. There, was no, there was no cuts. There was no edits. It was... I'll be honest. Here you go. I zoned out at the beginning of that story, so my bad. You know, I mean, it's the hat. So, what, what were they recording that COVID show? Were they doing a live album, DVD? What were they doing? Uh, it was a. Remember when Nokia the Hard Hard Rock Live? They um, used it to was do something that they would air it on MTV. They'd record like an hour's worth of material and cut it into thirty minutes, and it yeah, they did bands from that. It would be Nokia Live Presents or some shit like that. Yeah. And we were gonna yep. go. We were gonna go see them. Like we we had the tickets to go see them, and then we realized. I, I don't remember if we realized it, going into it that it was gonna be a recorded show for MTV. And they did like a live acoustic set before the recording part, which was not bad actually, because it wasn't produced at all. It was just them playing acoustic. And they did not include any of that on the TV show. I mean, the acoustic set was forty-five minutes, and it was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Yeah. So they, so they did a forty-five minute acoustic set, and then they did a complete live show, like a what? Right. Where, they, where they play for like an hour, hour and a half. Yep. About an hour and a half. Yeah. But, wow. there, but there was like 40, 40 minutes to an hour before they actually got to play like that, where it was like them doing they had cranes sweeping across the audience, doing takes, producers coming out on stage with badges, directing us to to look more excited and sing along with these lyrics and. Fucking stupid shit, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, that sounds like a horrible fucking concert. It was very odd. Like, I remember me and Doug were under the crane, and under one crane shot, I knocked him over, hoping it would get on the... (laughs) get on TV. But that shot didn't make it on the air. Oh, man. You know what I love about this time of year? Fucking weather's getting nice, man. Get to get my side by side out. We go go mudding, guys. Y'all go go mudding with us. Absolutely. You ever you own a four wheeler? I do have a four wheeler. It's awesome. I'll come up there and go four wheeler with you. Oh, so much fun. And I've got it. I've got I've got extra ETVs. And we've got a little sled trailer that we could pull Bob in. It's for <laughs> little kids. It's for little kids, but it'll look cute. A little table and chair on there, a little tea set. Fucking just put Bob on the back of it. Just go like two miles per hour down the trails. Tawny Katane died like Friday, I think. Friday afternoon. Yeah. That's sad, actually. She's yeah. young, too. 59. Yeah, she was not old. When anybody, when anybody dies that I climax to, it's always sad. <laughs> It always makes it better, doesn't it? <laughs> Knowing that they're dead now. Oh, I don't feel so sad anymore. A little creepy, but not so sad. 
You guys. <laughs> so, uh, this is the not safe for work show, man. <laughs> so I picked the uh, the movie this week that I wanted everybody to check out because it was something that I never heard of uh, before. And Netflix just recommended it to me, and I watched it, and I rather enjoyed the film. And that was the film Mississippi Grind, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds and whoever the fuck that actor's name is who recommended it. I love him. Ben Mendelsohn. What is that? Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, thank you. Woodford, over here. So what did you, what did you guys think of the movie? Are we talking oh, on a on a star scale? or I can tell you, like... Yeah, do, 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 do out of five stars. What do you rate out of five stars? Give it a three. Give it a three? Okay. I'll give it a three. Uh, what do you give it? Oh, <clears throat> hard three and a half, soft four. Doug? Mine's identical to Paul's. I really, three and a half, borderline yeah, four. I'm, I'm going to go with Bob. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three stars. I don't know if I'd go three and a half, four stars. It was good. I enjoyed it, but did, uh, did anybody find the fucking relationship between the two main characters a little questionable. I, I don't know how to put this delicately without, um, I without feel coming that... right out and say it. Uh, Why? It's you... not like you've never said it before on the podcast. I bleep it out. <laughs> I feel like Ben, Mendel ben Mendelsohn? Yep. I feel like his character definitely took a dick for would... gambling to, to pay off a gambling debt. No, would would literally do anything just to be around Ryan Reynolds is the way I yeah. it came off to me. Yeah. Are you saying the character or the actual actor in her life? The character. Okay. I felt like the character, his entire motivation was he wanted to be around him and around whatever action that came with him. Well, he found him intoxicating, and I I'll be honest, I found Ryan Reynolds intoxicating until you figure out like you know who he is, what he is, what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watching it, I definitely got a little small homoerotic underlying vibe to these two characters. I'm just wondering if anyone else caught that. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that or anything like that. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm just saying, I kind of, I kind of got this vibe when I was watching it. Like, I don't know. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, his girlfriend's a fucking professional prostitute, and. He's on the road a lot. He meets this fucking loser, degenerate gambler that all of a sudden they're like attached at the hip. And but I mean, it also mentions that he's not the first guy that he picks up. And so the way I took the whole story is Ryan Reynolds goes around, finds these losers, backs them, and then eventually takes all their money. Do you know... When you put it like that, Bob, it's not far off from what Liberace did to all his boy toys based on the movie I saw with Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. Just interesting. What movie? So, uh, Beyond the Candelabra. Never saw it. Oh, my God. It was, I, I heard it was good. I, just haven't, I haven't seen it yet. So just to touch on, John, your question of homoerotity and that, the way I interpret it was, have you ever had an experience in your life where you met a, like, a guy friend? And not saying a sexual attraction, but as soon as you meet them, you're just enamored by their personality and their charisma? That's how Absolutely. I took it. 
Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll name him too, Skylar Joseph Dennison, one of my best friends. Uh, me and Skylar would, would get really drunk back in the day, and like you know, we were so close back in the day that we even admitted like if either one of us had a vagina, like we'd be married because there was just I, such a strong bond between us. I know. I know Doug felt that way very strongly about me. Um, I still do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel a strong bond between between all of you guys. Nothing the same way. Nothing sexual about it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe because it was just Ryan Reynolds and he's so fucking pretty. I couldn't get over that in the movie. And you like halfway, half, 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 halfway through, I just had to take off my pants and just you know. Yeah, it the immediately made me think of two relationships I had in the military. Uh, a buddy named Rob. In the Navy. Buddy named Rob. You can find and yourself, a man! <laughs> and I think it was just because of, like, how I met them, where I was in life when I met them, and all three of us know each other really well, and we're all pretty good friends. I haven't talked to them in a while, but no they just called me last like... week. Ooh, it was really random. But, like, Rob, I met when I graduated from my tech school in the military. I just married, just married my wife, and I was going overseas, and me and him found out we were going to to the same base together after we got orders and we didn't know each other but he was always like the good looking dude who was like the playboy so he was a pussy hound back in the day he's getting married to a hot ass Brazilian model now but um but that that's kind of what it reminded me of was just a, a strong bromance right away and actually I think uh what my big takeaway from the movie and me and Doug talked about this on the phone is it really brought me back to when I was stationed in Washington and I was in charge of 87 people like well, I was intel, but I, when I came back from deployment, I was in charge of what was called the deck and tile team, and I had to uh, get 87 people from random places all around the ship, and I was in charge of replacing the tile, and these were my crew, and I was telling Doug this story. I had one kid who worked for me who was like 19, 20, and he came up to me two days after payday, and he's like, Petty Officer Burke, I, I need your help. I don't know what to do, and I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, I'm broken. He just had a newborn baby. He's like, I'm broken. I don't want to feed my kid. I'm like, we just got paid. He's like, I went straight to the casino and I came all away. And like, me and Doug were talking. There was bits of that movie where it just it brought me back to remembering that kid who was that addicted to gambling. Yeah. When they were betting shit, like, will the guy, the next guy out of the bathroom, be wearing glasses? Like that kid was. Yeah. There are people. Yeah, there are people like that that are fucking that are gambling addicts where they just literally need and want to bet on everything because, you know, it gets uh, their serotonin going and fucking, it's, you know, it's it's a drug to them, the excitement of of winning like that. I mean... There's somebody on this podcast where I've watched that happen. Yeah. No, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm a gambling addict. I actually consider myself a very smart gambler. Back in the day when I was young, like, of course I was virgin. I was a fucking kid. There, I remember so clearly you, we busted you out, and you said, all right, <laughs> let me buy back in. So we let you buy back in, and we busted you out, and then Lynn was there, and you're like, Lynn, can I borrow 25 bucks? And she's like, all right. You busted out again. She's like, and you said, "Someone take me up to the ATM." You're like, no, dude, you're into your rip money at this point. You're done. And you're like, okay, fine, fine. And, and I remember you getting so mad, like, John, <laughs> I promise you, it's for your own good tonight. This is not your night. Was, I just remember you kept getting bad beat after bad beat, 
Yeah, there's there, yeah, there's definitely a time to, to walk away, away from the table. And, you know, it, it took me a long time uh, gambling to to find to find that out. And I had to learn, learn the hard way. I've done it at the fucking casino before where I've fucking blown through money that I shouldn't have fucking blown through trying to get back up to what I lost. Hmm. But now, now I'm at the point where I look at gambling strictly as it's kind of meant to be, which is entertainment. So if I call you up, Bob, and I say, hey, I want to go fucking roll dice in a mockery, mm-hmm. I, have, I, have a, I have a safe in my room with an envelope in it, and the envelope says gambling. Right. Right now it's about $800, and this isn't a part of my bills. This is my fun go gamble money. So if, yeah. I take, so if I take $500, and that's going to be my limit for the night, I will take that $500, and the moment I walk into the casino, I tell myself, John, you are going to lose $500 over the next hour, and you're going to have some fucking beers, and you're going to have some excitement, and some ups and some downs, and it's going to be very entertaining, and then... You know, and that's that. I don't ever walk in a casino going like, I'm going to fucking kill it, blah, 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 blah. Although I have been on a good streak lately where I have actually been profiting three, four, five hundred dollars every time I've gone playing craps, which is cool. And that's definitely a lot better than losing money. Right. But the fact, the fact is, is that I treat gambling like I am taking this money and I am paying for entertainment. So I paid for a really expensive fucking movie, show, sporting event, something like that. Because it's something I enjoy, it's something I find extreme entertainment of. And if the money is gone, the money is gone. If I'm doing well, I'm doing well, and I'm having fun winning, and I'm having fun losing. I can have fun losing $500 very, very easily. Because that's part of the excitement. It's part of the whole fucking experience of it. Now... Back when I was a young kid, and I was living on my own, and I was working at the mall, and I was playing cards with you guys, I barely made enough money to keep a fucking roof over my head and feed me to begin with. Mm. So any amount of money that I brought to a poker game was a goddamn fucking risk. If I, if I, if I lost 50 or 60 bucks, that was my fucking grocery money for that fucking week. But now I'm older, you know, I work very long days, you know, I'm not wealthy or or rich, you know. I'm one or two paychecks away from fucking being homeless like everybody else, I think. But, I mean, you know, it's it's something I enjoy doing, and it's not like it's a regular thing. I mean, I I try to play cards once a week, but the most I'll ever spend at my card game if I'm having a bad night is like, you know, 120 bucks, 150 bucks, which is affordable to me with my finances and my work and shit like that. When I was in college is when I loved, like, truly, like, loved to go gambling. And I would never say I was addicted, but it was always a group event with the friends. Like, let's go to the card room and grind out to, like, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and just see what we get away with. And I have a very addictive personality, like nicotine. I'll probably be on nicotine products till the day I die. 
I was That's a slave model at one time in my life. You were what? Luckily, I never got serious into hardcore drugs. Like you, you know, I didn't hear that you were a slave. What? Slave to the bottle for a period. Oh, oh gotcha. Definitely. I thought you said I was a slave hand model. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I used to put chains on and they they like, wow, my, that how is that paid, dude? They put cocoa powder on my hands, put some handcuffs on me, and I just put it under the camera. Like David Costby and something <laughs> too. Right? Exactly. I know that hand. You're Jamie Pruitt. <laughs> I know. Um, so the I, here is my 293 <laughs> You freaking idiot! Out of all the addictions, like I have and I've seen in other people, gambling was the one I never understood. Serious gambling addiction. I've you never, that. I've never comprehended it. Like I could see somebody strung out on heroin and say, "I understand how that happens. I understand that wanting the desire to feel that euphoric feeling all the fucking time." People who literally are get a paycheck, spend it all. Eventually, it takes over their lives. They- they lose their job, then they start robbing. I'll never understand that aspect of, of a gambling addiction. I feel bad for anybody who has it, though. Yeah, I was in Joe, Joe Rogan was actually talking about this uh, on one of the episodes I listened to this past week, and Joe Rogan said the exact same thing. He's like, out of all people's addictions, like, I get it, but it seems like gambling would be, like, the easiest one just not to do. Just don't fucking do it. Just, just don't gamble. They're like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, people compulsive. Fucking it's not that easy for me. some people. Yeah, mean. it's not that easy. I've got, I'm not judging. I'm, I feel bad for anybody who no, has no, it. I, I totally understand. But I mean, I've got, I've got lots of friends who have very addictive personalities. And I've told Doug about all the different stories I've seen in the last week in my job. Did I tell you about a geriatric Gina? What? What? So I picked up this lady the other night. She called herself Geriatric Gina. Oh, Jesus. Was that, was, that, was that the name on the app that came up? No, it was just Gina. When oh, she got okay. in the car, she referred to herself as Geriatric Gina. And I was blasting Rage Against the Machine when she got in. And she's like, cool, can we listen to some Pantera? And she's in her 50s. Fucking awesome. And so I hit random on Spotify. She's like, oh, cool, Primal Concrete Fludge. She's like, for the record, I'm on a lot of crack cocaine. She's like, but this is as high as I've ever got, as I ever get. She's like, I've been routinely, daily, doing crack for 35 years. Wow. Whoa. That's she's, impressive. And you and didn't invite like, her onto the podcast as a guest? Dude, she freaked me out. Oh, my oh I bet. She said she hopes to still be smoking it when she's 75. That is her plan. Nice. At least she knows what she wants in life. I mean, look, I, I've said it once and I've said it a thousand times, man. If you can fucking handle your high, I don't think there's anything wrong with any drug, including crack, cocaine, heroin, oxy, meth, whatever. If you can handle your high and it doesn't fucking ruin your life and doesn't affect your family, friends, people around you in a negative aspect, then go fucking nuts. Enjoy yourself. You, you only get a limited fucking time here on Earth. And I, I, I party with plenty of fucking weekend warriors, guys who get their paycheck, grab an eight ball or two, fucking stay awake the entire weekend, drinking, partying, free beers and coke, doing lines, and then, and then Sunday night, they go home, they go to bed, Monday they wake up, they don't do shit all week except for work, and then Friday they go fucking go nuts. 
I knew people like this, and I would look at them and be like, I am so fucking jealous of you guys, because when you're going to sleep Sunday, I'm still fucking going, and I can't fucking stop. Right. So something, an outside source, physically stops me from doing yeah, I'm like, that's that's why I can't do any job. And we were talking about all this, and it came up because I had mentioned. I, I can tell she was fucked up. Bob, can you hold that for one second? I gotta grab something to drink. Give me one sec. Hold that thought because I really want to hear this. Yeah, grab me a drink too. All right, will do. New stains. New stains. Yeah, different spot. Oh, New stage, different spot. <laughs> well, I, I would like to say uh, I am very thankful that we all survived the great Chinese rocket landing of 2021. Uh, what happened? I didn't, I didn't hear about it. China, 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 they talked about it on SNL. Did anybody watch this week's SNL? I, I, I watched the monologue. China sent a rocket up. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they're doing their own international space station, and this was the rocket that sent it up. Well, unbeknownst to them, the way rockets are supposed to work is they're not supposed to go into orbit. They're supposed to break off and detach and fall back into the ocean before that happens. This this one went into orbit. So once it went into orbit, China was like, like, uh, <laughs> like long dark we, we think it might. We think we think it might come down in the next week. So everybody in the community was tracking it. Nobody knew who, where it was going to land. And it was either going to land, like, in our neck of the woods, like from us, from me and Doug, to New York, uh, then cross over right below England, down through Africa, Indian Ocean, towards Australia. That was the orbital path. And then during Saturday Night Live on Saturdays, when it crashed, it crashed in the Indian Ocean. Terrifying. You're just like... You're standing up for work one day, getting in your car, go to your office job, you're sitting in your fucking office, bang, a fucking rocket just falls out of the fucking sky and kills you. Brought to you by the Communist Republic of China. I guess it would be a quick death, I mean. Anyways, go back to your story about geriatric uh, so Gina, Gina or whatever. Geriatric Gina. So Gina. I had mentioned to her about what I had called you about the night before. Was that that guy. Yeah, can we, can we talk about that? Let's take it a step further even back from this, because I got yeah. a very interesting phone yeah. call from you the other night. So, yeah. Can I share this story? Yeah, so I get a I get a ride, and I, I get to pick this dude up at a it's called a hospital. It's not a hospital, it's a rehab. I got a call from a woman. She said, you're picking up my neighbor. Um, They don't have any beds. And he was very agitated and just very upset. And he's yelling at the orderly, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna work, lady. He's really pissed off, and I'm not gonna deal with this shit if that's the case. She's like, well, it should be fine. So, it was someplace over down by Health Park. By Health Park. Okay, I know we were talking about. So he right comes there, right up. there behind the Applebee's or right. maybe Tuesday, whatever it is. Yep. That was, the first, that, that was the first place that I went to to. Uh, try to get into, and they told me that they were a tobacco-free facility, and I went, get fucked, and I walked out the door. <laughs> so, he, he couldn't get in, he couldn't get in, so, I'm driving him home, and he's telling me what's going on, and he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I had to go back in, he's like, I lied to the guy about losing my sunglasses in the bathroom, he's like, 
I was getting sick to my stomach and I didn't want to lose it in your car. And he's like, I'm dope sick. And I'm like, okay. All right. So this adds a new wrinkle to this ride. So we're talking about it. And he's like, you know, they fought with me for two hours to get me to come. I finally broke down and said, okay, I want to get clean. There's no beds for me here. And I'm like, Florida, it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you really quick, but for, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know how the laws and uh, regulations are in Michigan, but let's say you live in the state of New York. If you live in the state of New York and you're a fucking drug addict, the state of New York will pay for you to go to rehab, medication, everything to get you well. Florida is not one of those places, and it's actually rather challenging and a fucking process to actually get yourself into rehab down here. So imagine you're a fucking drug addict, that people do an intervention on you, and you finally break down, you finally hit your bottom, and you're like, you know what, okay, I'll go to rehab. And then all of a sudden, you have another hurdle to fucking climb just getting into a fucking place. Most people are going to be like, fuck this, where's my needle? Or where's my pipe? Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's fucking ridiculous, and something really needs to fucking change down here, so, as far as that goes. Go on, well, sorry, you're right. I, I, start, not, I just, just want to say this while I'm thinking about it, and this is not me, like, trying to make a point of contention. This is me just stating a fact of, uh, between the difference of the two worlds. The reason is because is New York has the highest state tax, state income tax, out of anybody, because they have to fund all those social programs. Florida doesn't charge you guys any income tax, so where would the funding for something like that come from Florida? From all the fucking tourists that come down here and spend billions of dollars every year. That's our economy. That's my problem. Once once again, Paul, how much does a Tomahawk cruise missile cost us? What do we pay for it? Not disagree with you, but we're talking state level right now. That's the reason I brought that up. But still, okay, there's probably shit that we overspend as a state anyways. All right, I, I get what you're saying there. All right, Bob, go on with your story. So, so, so I've got him in the car, and at this point, he's like, I guess I'll just fucking go home and try to come back tomorrow, and I'm thinking, that's not going to work. This dude's going to go home and immediately just start taking more suboxone. And uh, I'm like, all right. Let me stop you there because you're—he's on Suboxone at this point. Yes. Okay. Before you continue, Suboxone won't kill him. You can't really overdose from Suboxone that I know of. He wanted to get off of it. He didn't get on Suboxone to get off of anything. He got on to Suboxone. He got addicted to Suboxone. Yeah, as a recreational thing. I got you. Okay. So I'm like, okay. He's got withdrawals, he's trying not to shit his pants, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm like, let me call some people. I called and left a message for John. I'm like, okay, I know John's been down this road. John doesn't answer. I'm like, okay. And I told him the story about me and John that morning. And he's like, he's like, I'm honestly okay with you driving me out to the middle of nowhere and beating my ass and leaving me there. I'm like, I don't think that'll help you. Um, so John calls back and he gives me the name of two places I have a guy call one place Alice Care and the Willow yeah so he calls the Willow I call Alice Care Willow doesn't even answer their phone we can't answer your phone right now in the middle of the night yeah, yeah. I mean, 
What time? What time is all this going down? This is right around one a.m. He's fucked. There's, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think any administration office is open at this point. So, I call Salas Care and the lady's like, "What's going on?" I explained it to her because he's at that point he's in the Circle K, getting a Mike's Hard Lemonade to try to stop his shaking from detoxing. And that absolutely. Yeah, and she's like. What's he on? I told her. And she's like, and he wants to get clean. I'm like, correct. She's like, well, uh, so she calls their other office where that's handled. They're not answering. She's like, the best thing you can do is take him to the ER. So he gets back in the car. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm taking you to the ER. He's like, why? I'm like, it's your only option. That's the only thing I can do for you. So I take him to the ER, and I'm like, you just be quiet, and I'll do the talking when we get there. And I walk him into the ER, and the nurse at the door is like, what's going on? I'm like, this guy's detoxing, and he needs a place to be. And he's like, what's he detoxing from? I told him, and they're like, all right, we'll take it from here. And I left him there, and that was that. Yeah. And it was a, it was a strange night. Um, and after that, I was pretty much emotionally wiped and just went home because you know I'd spent like an hour trying to find this guy a place to go, and you know he he really seemed to want to get clean at least for that night. Yep. So, but I know many friends who have wanted to get clean that night, and you know that night passed, and you yeah. know. I, I, I relapsed fucking hard when I got out of rehab. I, I went through my 30 days in rehab with fucking gold stars, 100% fucking success rate, voted most likely to fucking uh, succeed. Nobody that I was in rehab with, they were like, John, you got this, man. You're going to do great as soon as you get out. Nobody here is worried about you. No one here expects to ever see you again, except at a meeting, you know, just work the program, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this, I got this. And then three weeks out of rehab, fucking sitting there one night, and I'm like, I want to smoke some crack. So I smoked it, and then I was like, I want some heroin. So I got heroin. And then fast forward two, three months after that, full-blown addiction, lost literally everything in my life. Lost my home, lost all my possessions. I didn't have a set to my fucking name. Um, getting kicked out of my house, and I know it's like the last day that I have there before I'm on the street. I'm going through my fucking phone, and I'm like, all right, well, there's some people I gotta say goodbye to, because I was getting ready just to fucking kill myself. Like, there was just no other, I didn't see any other options, anything. Most people are turning their backs on me. Uh, nobody was gonna help me, and they, you know, everyone kind of was just like, John's gotta find his own way now, which which I get and I understand, because I've burned almost every bridge with everybody that I knew and that cared about me. So I thought that, you know, you know, my end game, the only thing I can say is just like, well, I'm just going to fucking kill myself, because I saw that as the only viable option. So I'm fucking sitting there, fucking Matthew Lawrence, uh, when I moved from Chicago to Fort Myers when I was like 9 or 10 years old, my first day at the school bus, I met Matthew Lawrence. We've been friends ever since. So I just sent him a text message being like, you know, Matt, I just want to let you know that, uh, that I love you and I am so fucking proud 
of the man that you become and what you're doing with your art and tattooing. And I just want you to know that I love you and I'm very proud of you. And I sent the text. About 30 seconds later, Matt calls me and he's like, are you okay? And I go, no, Matt, I'm not. He's like, where are you? What are you doing? And Matt came and picked me up and ultimately fucking saved my life that day. That's awesome. I'm glad Matt was there. Because he, he, he read that text message and he knows me and he knows, he knew immediately that something, something is not right about this text. This text is way too heavy and way too deep. Something's really going on with John. And, uh, yeah, that was that. I'm glad it played out the way it did. I'm glad it yeah. yeah, me too, man. I'll forever be in debt to that dude. That dude fucking single-handedly is the reason why I'm here talking to you guys right now. Because I was 100% ready. I had the note written out to my family and everything. And there was just a couple more people that I wanted to say goodbye to that day. And I was getting all my ducks in order and I was going to take my life. I was going to swim out into the goddamn Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, get get a few yards out and just inhale some water and let my body either float out to the sea or wash up on the beach. And I would never be heard from again or they'd find my body one or two. Um, Bob, out of curiosity, I know you said you got the initial call from the neighbor of the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the one who flipped the bill for everything that happened? I was going to ask that too. Yeah, uh, she she paid for the ride. I was texting her back and forth the entire time, letting her know what was going on. And yeah, did, did she appreciate everything you did? Because you oh yeah, you went above and beyond the call of an Uber. Or you, you, you really, you really did, Bob. And I'm, I'm so fucking proud of you. Hearing that story it makes me. It reminds me of why you're one of my best friends and why you're, why you're my brother. You, you really are. Uh, kind soul with a, with a big giant heart, even though you don't project that <laughs> at, at all to most people, and I know you don't like people knowing that about you, but you, you really are one of the sweetest, kindest, and most thoughtful people that I know, Sweet. and that story is fucking yeah, I amazing. Think, I think it's a fantastic story, and I think you did a great job, and just, just to kind of like go back to the, the, the topic of... Uh, policies in that and I mean because obviously I care about politics quite a bit and I care about this sort of stuff and I and I think heavily especially when it comes to this because I Doug Doug's my best friend in the world and I know the struggles Me? Doug went through yeah you oh, okay and I know, I know the struggles you went through with addiction so I mean everybody in this country has some kind of personal connection to addiction and talking about what we were talking about John and you you made the differences of New York and Florida if Paul was the governor Paul was the president libertarian Paul Here's what I would like to see if I actually got to do something and actually make a change. I believe I believe every single narcotic should be legalized. Right away. Legalize it all, decriminalize narcotics. Second thing is, as Doug now knows, because we live in a legal state from weed, tax the shit out of it. But the sales tax you put on illegal narcotics, here's how it get divvied up. 75% goes to funding state rehab facilities and 75% of your narcotics tax should be able to fund it. So that way the people who are using inevitably are the ones who are paying for for their, their, their for rehab and stuff like that. I think that's that, 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 
and then 25% of the tax is then invested into the public education system to try to stop people before they start using in education. If, if Libertarian Paul ran the world, those were the policies I'd put into place. I agree 100% with you, Paul. 110%. <laughs> I agree with you, brother. So, fast forwarding to two nights after that. Yeah, so first first you got fucking dope sick fucking McGee in the back of your goddamn car. Yeah. Can't find a rehab place since it's one o'clock in the fucking morning. And now you dealt with that. I, I know that that fucking put strain on you fucking emotionally and fucking... Two days. So now two, two nights later you got a fucking 50-year-old woman in the back of your car. 50-year-old crackhead. Fucking talking about how she hopes at 75 that she's still smoking crack because she loves it so much. Oh, and gentlemen, I don't know if I'm the only one on this, per this podcast that's actually smoked crack. It is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that Mr. Show sketch where they're doing the lie detector for the job interview and they're like, have you ever smoked crack? And he's like, yeah. And the guy's like, oh, oh my God, what, 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 what was that like? And he's like, what do you mean what it was like? It was crack. It was fucking great. <laughs> I would love to see John as the guest on Sesame Street where everybody's like, don't do drugs. John's like, try it. See what happens. Do drugs. Do drugs. Anybody listening to this podcast, go out and experiment and do drugs. Be smart about it. Be safe about it. If you have a big addictive personality, don't fucking do drugs. And here's but everybody should experience these wonderful fucking mind body altering fucking substances we have available to us on this earth. And I so would there's say a shit out there, guys. I would say if you do do that, I fully support what he says, but if you do do that and you've never done the particular drug before, do it with a group of friends. Do it with somebody who's not right, fucked be safe. up. Be safe. Be about safe about it. it. Be safe about it. Which leads, yeah, me, which leads me to the end of that night. So, after geriatric crack, Gina, it's 5 a.m. I'm going home. And I see there's a truck at McDonald's. And I'm like, oh, McDonald's <laughs> open. I'm going to go grab some breakfast. Dinner, breakfast, whatever it was. I pull through the drive-thru because he's on the inside lane. I'm on the outside lane, right? And there's literally a guy in a running vehicle like this. No movement, no breathing, and I'm like, hey, hey, nothing. I'm like, fuck. Call the Lee County Sheriff's Office. They're like, can you tell if he's breathing? I'm like, not from where I'm at. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna send an, an officer out. You're like, they're like, is there anyone else in the car? I'm like, don't know. I just see a guy with his head back and his tongue hanging out, and I don't know if that guy's alive or not. So, uh, yeah, send somebody. And so I wait, and then I come, I circle around the building to where I'm behind it, and I give them the license plate number. And they're like, be careful, it could slip into reverse. And I'm like, I doubt it. He's not moving. So I don't see how it's going to slip into reverse. So the cops come, and this fucking huge cop, just like fucking giant cop, comes in, and he, he looks at me, and I point to the truck, and he's like, bangs on the window, nothing. Bangs on the door, nothing. Slings the fucking door open, takes the mag light, and he's just like up in the guy's face, nothing. EMS and the fire truck pull up and 
EMS is like, move along, move along. I'm like, all right. So I'm still waiting in line for my food because it's McDonald's and it took like half an hour. I stopped. I ate my food. I pulled around and left. He was still not moving. And they looked like they were trying to put some kind of oxygen device on him. So I don't know what the story was with that guy. But it wasn't good. And when I got to the window at the McDonald's, I'm like, you do know there's a guy that's either dead or passed out in your drive-thru, right? I'm like, you have cameras. She's like, oh, we thought he left at least half an hour ago. I'm like, no. She's like, oh, our bad. And this guy is just, like I said, I'm just picturing the guy, you know, the way his head was, I'm picturing him throwing up and choking on his own vomit. So... That's how I ended that night. <laughs> it's been an interesting week. Uh, that's actually that's actually happened to me before. I, it's, it's it's not a story that I fucking enjoy telling, but uh, it's a place called uh, Valerie's in Fort Myers. It's a bar right before the beach. I don't think if you guys have ever been there, ever heard of it, but I've dropped people uh, off what, there. Yeah. What, one of the bartenders there is somebody that I used to score uh, Oxy from, who was a good friend of mine. And that was also my watering hole when I would get off work from the grill, is I would drive down the road to Valerie's. That's where I would relax and unwind and get my drugs and drink. And, you know, that was, that was my hot, if you will. So I'm there one night, and there's a patron that's too fucked up to drive. I'm there. Uh, I'm broke, I don't have a lot of fucking money, I'm trying to get some shit front of me, and the bartender was like, you know, here, look, I'll give you 20 bucks, and he'll give you 20 bucks if you fucking drive him home, because he's too fucked up to drive. Would you do that, make a little money? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I take the guy home, and, you know, I got 40 bucks on me, I fucking roll through Harlem Heights, and I grab a, you know, a bag of rocks and a, and a bag of heroin. I get back to Valerie's, I put my car in the park, and, you know, I take a hit of the rock, and I open up the bag of heroin, and I didn't shoot it, you know, I just snorted it like fucking blow, and as soon as I snorted it, I fucking OD'd, and I blacked out. About an hour and a half later, the bartender came out and found me, fucking pulled me out of the car, and is fucking screaming on me. The heat in my car was turned all the way up for some reason, which I don't remember doing, and I don't know why. My drug paraphernalia is sitting on the passenger seat. I'm fucking passed out. He's pulling me out of the fucking car. And also, I had a quarter of a like gallon of gasoline in my trunk because I had run out of gas the day prior, and there was still like residual gasoline in my trunk. So... They find me like this, and they're all convinced that I was, like, trying to fucking kill myself. And I'm like, that, that's not that's not the case, that's not the case. And they're like, come inside. Well, the fucking bartender, who was also my dealer, calls the fucking cops. And EMS. Because he's, like, he's, like, generally thinks that I was, like, on the verge of death or something. And maybe I was. I, I have no idea. So fucking EMS shows up, and I'm like, man, I'm fucking fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. The cops come back in, EMS talk to me, I'm like, fine, I don't want to go to the hospital. The cop looks at me, and he goes, John? And I go, yep, he goes, here are your two choices. 
You're either going with them or you're going with us. So make your fucking choice right now. I said, absolutely, officer. I am going with them. And he goes, yeah, good fucking call, buddy. Yep. Because the cops searched my car. They, they found my fucking my pipe, my fucking needle, my paraphernalia. They were like, you're either going to jail or you're going to go to the hospital and get fucking checked out. Yeah. Now, what happened at the hospital? Complete another fetid hour of fucking bullshit, waste of three hours of my time, but that's beside the point. Because all they did was sat me down outside of the fucking room on a little fucking gurney and gave me oxygen. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, let us know when you feel better. And I'm like, I feel fucking fine right now. Like, I just want to go home. I remember going to uh, Flea Masters. Uh, one Saturday, I had this urge that I wanted to go. And to give you a frame of reference, Specs was still open uh, over by Edison Park 8, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Favorite job I've ever had. I remember. And uh, I had gone to uh, Flea Masters that morning because I, I got the urge. It had been a while, and I, I hadn't really been doing anything. I, I'd just been getting high and, and acting stupid, I think. Um and I wanted to do something for a change on, on my Saturday. So I went to Flea Masters and I started walking around looking at toys and games and gag shop gifts and stuff like that. It's been forever since I've been there. And I got a Euro uh, in the food court while I was there because I hadn't had fucking greasy fucking Flea Masters food court food in forever either. And then you got food poisoning. No. Uh, I ate the Euro and I started walking around and I, uh, I had not had to go to the bathroom. I remember walking by a bathroom and looking at it and seeing what it looked like. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not using this bathroom if I ever have to use the bathroom. And I remember getting my car and leaving and deciding to go to Specs. I, I had to do something. I just got paid. I had money I wanted to play around with and maybe get a toy or something like that. And I went to Specs. And about 20 minutes into walking up and down the aisles, um, my, my BGs hit me pretty fucking hard and uh i remember (laughs) clenching my ass and waddling up to the front desk and looking at this kind of attractive girl who was much younger than me and i'm like look i don't i know this is probably a stupid question for me to ask but is there a restroom here and she's like yeah we don't have one for the public i'm sorry it's employees only and i'm like okay and I stood there for about a minute just staring at her and she's like are you okay and I'm like no I'm not okay and I'm gonna leave but I'm afraid if I go right now something's gonna happen and I stood there for a minute and let it subside and I she just kind of looked at me awkwardly and I walked out and I got in my car and I decided I'm gonna drive home and I got on fucking colonial I want to say uh, or no not colonial uh, okay Going towards Evans, yeah, or uh, going towards a Shoemaker, uh, that that side street. When you leave Specs there, I can't think of the name of the road in between the mall and, and Specs there, but you you follow it down and it goes towards Evans, it goes towards Veronica Shoemaker, and then it comes out to Seven Eleven there on Colonial. Um, yeah, I started going that way, and I was going to hit Shoemaker to go home. And as soon as I hit the intersection to take a left on Shoemaker, my it felt like somebody punched my guts from the inside, like it was just. <laughs> And I literally had to slam on the brakes. And there's the green light. People are lining up behind me. And uh, 
I, I slam on the brakes and I sit there for a minute clenching my ass harder than I've ever clenched my ass before. And it subsided. I had sweat pouring down my face. No air conditioning. This is like the summertime, dude. I had the windows down. And I finally relaxed a little bit. And I stood there and people are going around me just staring at me. And I start to go and I get on Shoemaker and I get it to Palm Beach. And as soon as I hit CVS on Palm Beach, it starts fucking Mike Tyson punch out from the inside again, man. And I pull into the driveway at the house and I didn't even get to take one full step. When I swung my leg out, it just shot right out of me. Now, I realize that had nothing to do with what John was talking about. I I was just about to say, where the fuck did this story come from? (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed it, but that was a a hard left turn if I ever fucking seen one. But thanks for for lightening the fucking mood, because I'm going to fucking slip my wrist doing this podcast so far. I don't know why you volunteered these stories. You guys start talking about all this depressing shit. I didn't say a fucking word. It is the greatest part about being fluent and Doug. The whole time this story's going on, we got about a quarter into it, and I said to myself, this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, and it's not going to go anywhere near what we've been talking about. I knew he was going to shit his pants. I knew it was coming. I said to myself, I said to myself, if Bob or John does not stop him at some point in this story, it's going to end with a barbecue playing skip ball at Grandma's house. Jesus Christ. Alright. So that is some some fun talk fucking story, Tom. We still have Well my question though, you you said it shut out, so this is a very serious question. I'm- oh God! <laughs> we we have more topics we need to get. Did it did it come down your pant leg, like out by your shoe, or? Oh no! I was able to taper it off and keep it contained within the the back region area. All right, okay, that happened. But I did throw away what I was wearing. There was no squeaking <laughs> out of that. I went from yeah shit to shower immediately, man. <laughs> Um, That's the fucking worst. So we talked about Mississippi Grind, and somehow that <laughs> led you two fuckers down a depressing avenue. And Matt, yeah. oh, oh Matt, this is a, it's a depressing movie. But but we do have uh, uh, our top five drama on network cable list we have to get through. And Matt Ammons would like to join us if 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 we would have him. He just texted me. Uh, I have I, I have one more piece of business to Absolutely. discuss before we go on with our top five. Because this was earth-shattering, breaking news. Did you guys watch the fucking Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan podcast or listen to it? I finished it. I'm in the middle of it. Okay. Well, why the fuck are we not talking about the greatest story I've ever heard that Eldris Ibra used to sell David Chappelle weed? Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) That is the... That is the most amazing thing I've ever fucked. That is the best thing I heard all week. When I heard that, I just went, "That is fucking amazing." Did you Did you see his face when he was telling it to? He's like, "Oh yeah, Idris Elba used to be a bouncer at the comedy club, and he used to sell me." Re- oh, well, I don't know. Oh, fuck it, I already said it. <laughs> Stringer, Stringer Bell. Hmm. So they should have fucking weed back in the day. That's mm-hmm. amazing. 
We got to get going here, guys. I got to get going. If Matt wants to come on, we can do our top five yeah. list and talk yeah. about it. Look at on, this man. beautiful son of a bitch right here. So, Matt, Matt, you have joined us for a segment that is going to be you will name your top five dramas from network or cable television, not counting premium channels. Turn your phone sideways. Yeah, you, want, you, want, you want to know your favorite shows? Like, if you ran your own independent theater, whose name would be on the marquee? Turn your phone sideways. <laughs> is this better? Yep. Is this better? Yep. Much better. Oh, shit. Much better. All right, so we're going to take Matt last because he had no time. I think yeah, Matt cool. should have to go first because he had I, no time. I'd rather take threat. third for Earnhardt. Third for oh, Earnhardt. Jesus Christ. <laughs> third for Earnhardt. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, my turn. Let's 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 Goddamn Yankees ruined everything. Who's going the first? The South will rise again. God, <laughs> you're going first. I'm going first. Then. So I'm going to do these in no particular order. Um, okay. So, Sons of Anarchy. Oh. Justified. Okay. Um, the Wonder Years. Ooh, Good one. Um, Ah, this is a deep cut. <laughs> I have my. Everyone knows my number one, but uh, Dawson's Creek. Fuck yes, yeah, Creek. So you got one more. I'm gonna go. How I Met Your Mother. I wouldn't call that a drama. That a drama. I there's that's, there's that's, plenty that's, of drama there. Yeah, that's gonna be on my sick. That's a sitcom, though. That's gonna be a whole different other list. So choose something else. Commercial comedy. I don't know. Just I, everything popping into my head is literally like premium channels. Wow. If one of you comes up with something good, I'll just I'll add it on. Okay. I guess I'll go next because that's the way the screen's colored. Uh, Justified, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad. There you go. God damn it, my brain. There you go. 24, and Friday Night Lights. Ooh. Great fucking show. Uh, yeah, Great. Friday Night Lights is one of one of my top fucking shows of all time. If you've I never tried, seen it, I, I, tried, I literally it. tried to make Doug... I was gonna use that as one of my our movies to watch. Fuck the entire oh, so good. It's so good. Off. Is it on Netflix? No, it's no. Not on I've It's so fucking good. It's amazing. Amazing character storylines. Just it's it's so, so good. much better than the film. Oh yeah. All right, I'll go next. Uh, first question is: Would you guys consider Supernatural a drama? Yes. Okay, I'll put oh, Supernatural wait. on the list. Uh, what else? What, a comedy? Fantasy? <laughs> Supernatural? I don't know if I we ever... Oh, 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 it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah, but oh, you can it's, it's, it's a bromance. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, and if you guys told me it didn't count that bad, I, I would pick something else. It's what I'm asking. So, alright. <laughs> I love that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
not supernatural. I'm not, I'm not a simp, bro. Sons of Anarchy. Um, rescue Me. Justified. And last but not least, and I tr truly, I mean this in my heart of hearts, this show, I don't think people give it enough credit for how much it's influenced television and beyond, especially going into like HB, like Showtimes and HBOs and stuff like that, but NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue really was a groundbreaking show. Yeah, because you got to see Dennis Franz's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they took more risks than anybody. They were the first television show that swore. South Park did a whole parody of it. They were Can the I... first one to show partial nudity on network television. Fuck, South Park's a comedy, not a drama. I was just about to add South Park. I gotta tell you, I started watching, for whatever reason, South Park season 20 from the beginning where the, they introduced PC Principal. And I forgot that, that this is the season 20 is the year that, that Trump got elected. So the entire season is Garrison running in the election as Trump. And I forgot that that whole thing was set off by trolls in the internet. It's just funny because it's like four years ago that this came out. And the shit they're saying on that season is mirroring what's going on today. It's so fucking bizarre to me. But, sorry. All right, don't go. All right, so my number, uh, I'm going to go in order uh, from, from least to worst. And, and all of these are not worst. They're all great. Uh, but number five, Turn, Washington Spy on AMC. Oh, great, great, great. So, damn, that's... Shit, man, I might, I might take twenty. No, I can't take twenty-four off my list. There's, there's that, that, yeah, that's definitely my top ten. That was an amazing fucking series. There's a lot of shows that this was a tough one. Yeah, yeah this was a hard list to make. But I love how Sons of Anarchy and Justified is on like everybody's list so far. Well, so far, uh, so that was five. <laughs> Turn Washington Spies. Uh, number four, I'm gonna go with The Americans on FX. Um. There's a lot of FX shows, to be quite honest with you. Number three is an FX show, uh, Taboo, um, with uh, Tom Hardy and a plethora of other fantastic English actors. Number two is a show I loved on Sci-Fi that ran season, three seasons called Defiance. And uh, number one with a bullet, Breaking Bad. Respect, respect. Matt, Matt. Is this me? This is, yeah, sure. is this where y'all start talking shit? No, Matt, like, Matt this, this is us. I feel like that's going to be the most... This is us. It's a great fucking show. <laughs> I knew one of you would say something. Okay. All right. That is a great fucking show. What? This is us. Okay, here we go. This is no order, but the first one is my order. Breaking Bad is number one. Um, And this is where y'all start to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Smallville a drama? Smallville, yes, I would call Smallville a drama. Okay, Smallville's on my list. More of a soap opera, but still. I liked Smallville as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I like Smallville. Um, yeah. This is going to be one that I'm sure y'all are going to be like, that shit sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Can't wait. Lost would be in mine. Yeah, after season three, that show sucked. What was right. it? Joe, well, when the whole writer strike happened, I mean, they what, Wait, what was it? Lost. lost. Uh, never watched it. Well, Matt, I'm with you, man. Lost. I I was debating putting it on my top five. I love that series. What a fucking wild ride that show was. Great character development. Really got attached to the characters. The story was all over the place and completely bad shit crazy. But that show was such a fucking fun ride. And to nobody who has seen it, it's definitely worth watching once. It's, it doesn't have a lot of great value. So good. Not Penny's boat. The first three. Don't ever fucking say. 
Yeah. Yeah, Char- that, that, that was Char- Char- Charlie was the best part of that entire fucking show. Other than uh, that, that fucking show uh, was double nah, thumbs down. Saeed was my favorite character on that show. So, um, is, no, that why, is, is that why you look like you were playing Saeed? Saeed was a great character, man. Come on, Earnhardt, rethink that shit. Hey, as I'm long as you come on and get bumps. It's like there's a caution. We're going slow now. Um. Well, you did just get done playing pickleball. Pickleball's fun. Uh-huh. I'm you, going to add... I'm going to take one from Bob and put the Wonder Years in there. It's a good one. It's a good one. And so sitcoms don't count? No, drama nope. only. Drama. Network or cable? <laughs> the sound of wind blowing is so perfect. <laughs> I kind of want to put Fringe in there, but... I wanted to, too. There's, I have a lot on my Oh, oh, man. Fringes. Home Catch Fire, Tyrant, Mash. Home catch. Yeah. Fuck it, we're going to just go ahead and say it, Nip Tuck. The boys. I think it's popping in my head. There you go. Okay. All right, now, last order of business. Last five artists on your Spotify pl- that you've listened to. That's not the last order of business. Fuck you, it is the last order of this. <laughs> Just remember what our assignment is for next week's episode. Yes, we're watching Tiptoes. <laughs> Can I, like... Hold on. Alright, you guys let me... <laughs> He's looking at his last five. I gotta look at the last five. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start off. Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brandon Kelly podcast. Not, we're not counting podcasts. Oh, just do it. Well, that's just all just all it. Just uh, okay. Just okay, I got you. Just I got you. Uh, Resurrection movie from and inspired by the Tupac Resurrection film. Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion Two. Good album. Dire Straits, Dire Straits, Greatest Hits. Sage Francis and the Song. Okay. My last five were. Coheed and Cambria, Busy Bone, Mercules, Pelican, and Necro. Oh, I love Mercules, bro. I, I genuinely what dig him. What happened to Matt? What happened to Matt? The Matt is killed. What happened to Matt? He's, he's looking. Oh, okay. God. All right. I'm ready. My go, last. Matt. Go. All right. My last five. Coheed, Thrice, Alexis on Fire, Love Mice and Men, and Pierce the Veil. That was my last five. You know what, Matt? You're all right. I like you. You can be fun. <laughs> what's, what Thrice what album were you listening to, or were you just doing random? It was just on a random mix. I can look at the song, but it was... What's, it was, what's, your, what's your favorite Thrice album? Uh, Artists and Ambulance. Good choice. Good choice. I'm going to go with Region of Safety, but Artists and Ambulance is up there. Hold on. Paul? I didn't listen to any music on Spotify this week. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy making pipe bombs around my backyard. All joking aside, John, I did wake up this morning, loaded the dogs up, I went out into the woods, and I uh, uh, target practiced for like an hour and a half. Shut off our My AR, and I was sighting in the uh, Thompson and just fucking around with the six shooter. Is your AR five five six or two two three or caliber for both? It's five five six. It's five five six. Okay, both. Two two right three. Five five six. But five five six can take two two three. And 
Doug. MC Chris is dead. Um, Veruca Salt Resolver. Foo Fighters, the color and the shape. Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor. And uh, The Doors, L.A. Woman. Man, fucking Lupe Fiasco. I always forget about that dude. That fucking dude's great. I love Lupe Fiasco. I do too. A lot. That was good rest. This uh, guy, sorry to cut it short, but I got a little bit of light left. I got to go finish this shit up. Uh, next week, we are watching the goddamn movie. I'm sorry, dwarf movie, because you can't say anymore. Dwarf is the correct vernacular, which makes no fucking sense to me, because a dwarf is like a fictional fucking character in, like, fantasy realm. But that's the PC term, is dwarf. Bad, dwarf, good. I thought it was little people. I thought little <laughs> people was the right yeah, thing. Dwarf is the correct fucking vernacular. That or fucking little no, people. I, I little people. No, a, d- a dwarf <laughs> are two different things. No. So we're going so to watch a movie about these creatures. And <laughs> John, so Did just you- to clear it up, for political correctness, we don't want to say <laughs> We shouldn't say at all. So we're going to watch that movie and have a guest on next week? My buddy Gabe. And who, who is Gabe? Um, Gabe is Doug's dealer. Gabe's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> he's one of my one of my. He's like the Matt I get to see in person that lives next door. That's what he's like. I have two things to say, and I gotta bounce. Wait, Go for you... it. All right, first one. Whenever I'm back home, I want y'all to all think about it. But a top five, uh, top five live albums. Ooh, um, I like it. I think I, I can like do that right. right now. Doug, I'm proud of you for the work. Keep putting it in, bud. Thanks, Keep putting man. it in. Thanks, man. That's all I want to say. Thanks, man. I love y'all, all three of y'all. Thanks, man. We love the you. Lighting of your room. Hey, you look so sexy. I love y'all. Be good. Keep wait. Keep keep Thanks, watching. Man. You're you're being so positive and inspiring. I want to do the same to the thing to you as you log off real quick. So keep watching Celtic Pride. I'm sure at some point it actually will suck to you, and you'll see why we made fun of you. <laughs> Later, guys. Later. 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 Doug, I don't care. I don't want to know who it is. Just curious. Are you dating somebody? Okay. He's talking. About, Matt was talking about working out. No, no, no. I'm curious if Doug's dating somebody because there's there's been some weird stuff and it seems like Doug's seeing somebody and he's trying to play coy about it. I don't care who it is. I just wanted to know if he was. If I want to talk about certain parts of my personal life, I'll be happy to talk about them, but there's nothing to talk about. Okay. Hmm. Now I'm curious. His name's Brad, I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we had a great episode. I will see you guys next week. Go clean up your yard, you fucking, you, uh, you, you living off the high horse tit and fucking contribute to society, motherfucker. Yeah, fuck code enforcement. Fuck the city of Fort Myers. That being said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>